What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis. And today, you're listening to the 179th episode of the podcast. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. It is NFL Draft Week. Draft is in two days. By the time you're hearing this, probably one day. Um, Or maybe you're listening to it on draft night or on draft day. Who knows? But... Regardless, it's right around the corner. The anticipation, whoa, we did our mic check in the beginning. It certainly didn't do me any good here. Uh, the anticipation, excuse me, is growing by the minute. How are you feeling, Jack? Are you nervous as I am? No. Well, first of all, I don't think you know what a mic check is. The mic check is not to uh, help you enunciate your words. It's I, to- <laughs> I, miss- I misspoke. I just I took the L on that intro right there. So. Um, I am not that excited. I mean, I'm um, not that nervous for the draft. I um, I don't want to spoil any takes you got. I'll wait till after you go, I guess. All right, Screw I'm it. In, I'll I'm say in. it now. I'll say it now. I'll say it now. My whole feeling sentiment towards the draft is predicated on um, the Steelers drafting a quarterback from a school that I am closely tied to. Um, now... <laughs> I'll just take you through my my entire thoughts on it throughout the past couple of months. Uh, he was getting a lot of hype, uh, I guess, at the end of the college football season. And I thought it would only be po- possible for the Steelers to get him with a trade up. Um, then I kind of threw that out of the like that wasn't going to happen. Once we signed Trubisky, I did not see us trading up to get a quarterback. Um, but now I feel like there's some rumors that Kenny has fallen in the draft a little bit. Um, I mean, rumors are pre-draft rumors are, I don't know. They're not always valid, but not always um, the most reliable. Right. But I'm going to believe it for this, for this sake. And I mean, not, of course, this is insanely tragic, but, um, Dwayne Haskins no longer on the Steelers. Rest in peace. Um, I don't think it affects it too much that the Steelers are going to go for quarterback because he was probably slated to be our third string or second quarterback, but I think it adds a little bit more incentive to get one. Just to add to the room. 
Yeah, you see Mike Tomlin was uh, asked that question the other day. He I, was? I didn't even know that. See yeah, that. people were roasting the reporter for even asking it. I know, right? I don't think you should really address that with Tomlin, but what, what did he say? Did he? I mean, he had the, of course, he had the perfect answer. He just said, our efforts and energies have been focused on um, the mourning process and supporting the Paskins family, something along the lines of that had, you know, he, he didn't speak in football terms when it came to Haskins and, and the tragic passing, um, which of course that's, that's what, you know, your mind has to be on as the organization. Um, but regardless, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I'm just, so this is probably one of the most anticipated drafts for Steelers fans in a very, very long time uh, that I can remember. But today, I mean, so Sorry, let me backtrack a little bit and let's get into, I guess, the agenda for today, what I'll be doing. Uh, first of all, what are you eating? Are you pulling a Charles Barkley from he was drinking on the set of uh, of the show last night and now you're eating during our podcast recording? What are you having? I was finishing mac and cheese, but I put my mic down, so I don't. I didn't think you could really hear, hear oh, it that I, vividly. No one can hear it. And okay, if good. I didn't say that, I don't think anyone would Well, then know. no one would have known. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Uh, anyway, today... I will be giving some bold takes. Uh, some, so I'm going to be giving two bold takes that are draft related for uh, the draft on Thursday night. Two bold takes that are fantasy related, and two bold takes that are, I guess, just general or related to like the the season, the re- the regular season coming in in the fall. Uh, Jack is going to be rating my takes on a scale from one to ten based on how likely he thinks they are to happen. Um, so that's kind of how we're going to be going here. And, um, it should be fun. I was got really excited to write down these takes. I have, I, I have the, the claim and I have my reasoning behind why I, I could see it as, as a potential possibility. Please don't uh, make me talk about Desmond Ritter. No, my, my draft takes don't have anything to do with the Steelers or quarterbacks for that matter. Okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, we talked enough about Desmond Ritter on the previous episodes. If you haven't listened to our mock draft episode, uh, which we did with Shref and Nestra last week, where we went through um, all 32 teams playing the role of GM and, and kind of mapping out what we would do if the draft fell in that certain direction. And we, we, we discussed a lot about Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, and uh, all the other prospects. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. All right. I'm ready to get into it. We're going to start with the draft here as it is the, the event that is the most close uh, here. Uh, fantasy season and the regular season is, are still months away and still a ton can change where the draft, um, you know, like I said, is two days away. My first bold take has to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aiden Hutchinson... And Trayvon Walker will not go first in the NFL draft. The first overall pick will be Iki Ikuanu. Mm. It will go first to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm taking this take a little bit further. And also with my other draft take. So it's kind of with the draft and also how their career will play out too. Okay. So it's a little bit of both. All right. So let me repeat myself. Iki Ikuanu goes first overall to the Jaguars. His first two to three years are regarded as a bust as he struggles with pass protection as a tackle. Then, however, he transitions to a guard, becomes a consistent pro bowler, and an all-pro at the position. 
Uh, okay. Sorry. So, all right. Let me let me actually give my reasoning, and then you can kind of, I guess, say your reaction slash grade of on a scale from one to ten of how likely you think that it all is to happen. My reasoning uh, for first why he could go number one potentially. I mean, there's no consensus number one pick in this draft. We said it last episode, and anything can really happen. Um, so, I mean, it's I mean, there's been obviously. You know, Walker and, and Hutchinson are pretty much neck and neck odds wise to go first overall at this point, depending on where you look and uh, at a sports book. Um, Aquanu is probably, I, from what I've seen, the third most likely person odds wise. Um, but just the fact that, you know, it's pretty unpredictable. There's, there hasn't been a consensus really all throughout this draft process. I still think that we can get one surprise right off the bat here, the first overall pick. Um, Doug Peterson is a, a reportedly in favor of going for an offensive player. Um, I know Trent Balky and, and Shad Connor in favor of, you know, either uh, I think Balky is in favor of Walker from what the reports are and, and Con is in favor of Hutchinson. Who knows if that's true or not? That could totally be false, but that's what the report was. Um, so they seem to be split. And Peterson said that about targeting an offensive player. So like I said, it, I just think it it's – um. It's far. I mean, maybe they know at this point, but it's uh, none. Of, no one else really knows. So that's just. I just want to throw that out there. And also, in terms of you know, kind of my my take on how his career might progress. Uh, you know, his weakness, I guess you could say, is pass protection. He is regarded as a is a stout run blocker. Um, I, th I believe he's a little bit on the shorter side for if he were a tackle. I think he's six three or four. Probably six. What do you six four? He's listed six four. I think I see here. Yeah. So I guess you know either an average height or slightly slightly below average. Um, so again, that's by no means have I watched a ton of film on Aquanu and everything and pretend like I'm a, an expert on his play, but just going off of the the scouting reports and and all that stuff, I still think I could, you know, that's a potential path for his career. I think if he doesn't quite live up to the hype as a tackle um i think he could definitely be a great guard and uh especially be a force in the run game um and kind of go that route so you know again if you're spending the first overall pick you probably you don't want that person to be a guard but if that person develops into a you know quentin nelson type of player you know consistently making pro bowls and all pros and i don't i don't think you're really going to complain quite in that in that way so what are your, what's your reaction and how likely do you think that is to happen? Um, well, I, I guess you don't know for certain who, who is making the selection. I'm sure it's a, I guess you could say it's a, it's a combination, a, co a collaboration between Peterson Balky. I would like to say, I would guess Khan is less involved <clears throat> But traditionally, I mean, you'd have to go with the GM making more of the decision. Um, unless there's more, like, to this situation than we know, like, maybe, I mean, maybe this could be Balky's last year as GM. Um, like, Khan is, like, thinking about firing him or could see a possibility of firing him after the season. So he's, like, er he's, like, urging Peterson to have more say. So, yeah, I guess you don't really know for certain who's making the decision. Traditionally, if it's the GM, if it's Balky, then I would 
and if he favors a defensive player like Hutchinson or Walker, then I would I would lean toward they're going to go that route. Um, and just in my opinion, which I made that selection on our mock draft, I'd go with Hutchinson. I was also validated by, um, I think, Daniel Jeremiah. Either I, I listened to him on Around the NFL podcast as well as part of my take this week. He agreed. He thinks the Jaguars should go Hutchinson. Um, I mean, he's more of, you know what you're getting. You don't, it doesn't, I don't, I personally don't trust the Jaguars coaching staff to, you know, to develop a prospect. So Hutchinson's more safe. That's why I go there. That's not your question. No, your question is your, my opinion on your take. Um, I mean, I do like an offensive, like picking offensive linemen high. I, I um I think that on offensive linemen, well, I don't know, I guess anymore. I feel like a couple of years ago, offensive line was an more of an underrated aspect of football than people realized. Um, I I, I want to say that that trend is um it's more of a popular opinion now that valuing offensive line. Um I I wouldn't if I were in the Jaguars. If I were a Jaguars fan, I would not be mad if they went offensive line. However, I again, like you said, I don't know like all the nuances breakdown between Aquanu versus Neil. I, I side with Neil just because I trust the um, Alabama football more. Um, I wouldn't be mad if I were a Jaguars fan. I kind of don't think it will happen. I think that. Um, Balky is kind of on the hot seat and like, if he messes this up, then like, he's definitely gone. So I feel like he'd be, if he has the most say, I think he's going to be more inclined to take a sure bet in Hutchinson because all reports show that he's, oh yeah, right. He doesn't want to mess this up and all reports show he's tough to work with, um, like the Byron left with situation, I feel like he uh, and I, I believe reports that like that he was uh, they wanted him the most, but he ultimately decided to go back to Tampa because he didn't want to work with Balky. Um, so he's pro- Balky's probably coming to terms with that that he needs to make some adjustments. He's he feels like he's on the hot seat. I if I had to guess, so I'm gonna say your bull take's not gonna happen if I had to choose. I mean that's why it's a bull take, but. Um, yeah, I guess is my thoughts on that. Give it a score. On likeliness or boldness? Ten, ten being more likely, less being uh, – well, well, it's up to you. Do you want to rank boldness or do you want to rank more likely to happen? So I'll do our, likely. Our plan, our plan was I guess. to be likely, but – Yeah, likely. Um, well, it's tough because I don't have a scale of, like, what your other takes are. So this is, like, the precedent for all my other rankings. Um, That's true. Uh, I'll sorry less likely is a one yeah more likely would be a 10 less would be a one I'd say I'll give it like a 2.5 okay 2.5 there we go I was gonna say if I were in your shoes I'd say like three or four okay but not too far off all right second draft bold pick here we go buckle in here we go Derek Stingley falls a little in regard where he's going to box and is selected by the Eagles 
at either 15 or 18. Okay. The Eagles fans are ecstatic that they've landed such a premier talent in the middle of the first round. However, he has an underwhelming career plagued by injuries and inconsistent play. Which, I mean, the injuries part suck. You don't want to wish bad health on anyone. But that would be great for us if the Eagles fans were so excited and then they were let down by poor right. boy. My reasoning, uh, his best tape is from three years ago in 2019. Yep. He's only played 10 games in the past two seasons, and he is still recovering from a Liz Frank injury, which is, you know, you need your feet if you're going to be a cornerback. Or I don't know that injury. Player. What's it called? Liz Frank injury. It's a foot Liz, injury. I'd never heard of that term before. I believe Julio had it. Okay. Um, so that's just my my take here. I mean, he, I guess he's, what would you say? He's been being mocked anywhere from probably like 8 to 12 at he's this a, point. I feel like it's a wider range than that. I, I don't look at as, as many mock drafts as you do, but I mean, if if that's your number that you think he's going around, then I, I trust it. I, I, I thought he was going a little like, like I think I saw one, he's going like five, but then like others going more. But anyway, yeah, eight to 12 could be a good range. But yeah, I haven't, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm falling a little bit um, to the, like I said, either in the 15 to 18, um, I say the Eagles get them and just kind of that, that scenario there. What, what do you think? Um, I don't think this, I think this is definitely more likely, far more likely than your first one. And I mean, before you gave your reasoning, I was thinking the exact same thing. I could see him uh, slipping because of the injury history. Um, I mean, he, he had, great film early in his college career as you said in 2019 um maybe like that could have been did everyone on lsu have great great film in 2019 i don't know that could have been like a mag magic it was a magical season i mean like that could have uh i think i feel like that could have played a factor into it and if that could show signs of concern that when your team like when you play on a worse team you're not as good. I mean, he what did ha, was injured, so he does have that to fall back on, I guess. But um, I mean, when he did play, I know his tape was not as good as it was in 2019. So um, I don't know. That's something you can consider um, if you're like grading prospects. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think this is that crazy, and for the whole career path wise, I feel like. If he gets drafted by the Eagles, that could certainly happen. <laughs> like I, I, I know I hate the Eagles, but like un, I have to think like an unbiased opinion. If you really look at their draft history, like they're so bad at drafting, like it, it's just ridiculous. So like any, I mean, we saw particularly the wide receivers they drafted the past few years. I guess excluding Devonta Smith, but who had a solid rookie season, you could say. And just like not even just receivers, like they just don't draft well. Look at the draft history; it's just not good in the past. Whatever, I guess you could say like ten years, maybe, um, comparatively to other teams. So, yes, if the Eagles draft him, I think that's a sign that he's not going to be good. Um, could be a sign. I don't want to. I guess I shouldn't say he's won't. Anyone who goes to the Eagles won't be good. But um, 
I'm refraining from menace, men, menacingly laughing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I got. Final what a score. Grade? Final score and likeliness. Uh. <sighs> But like, if I give it like in the top half, if I give it like a six to ten, that means it's more likely than not to happen, I guess. Or no? No, I mean just okay. It. I'll I'll give it like a. I guess like, just to compare. A, what? If you say if you gave it like a nine or ten, you'd be like, you're all in on it as a bold take, and potentially you'd even take it a little bit further or something like that. I'll give it a seven. Seven, okay. I thought you were going to say like five, but... All right, so we have a 2.5, and we have a, a seven. I guess you could say if, like, the higher up in the likeliness, then the less likely in the bold ranking. Yep. Yeah, so, I guess they're pretty, in, like, is an inverse, so, yeah. yeah. It could be the inverse of each other. Yeah. Okay. Inverse. All right. That's it for the drafts. Uh, we're okay. going to move on to some fantasy bold takes. Okay. First fantasy bold take. Here we go. Both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are top 12 running backs in 2022. Aaron Jones catches 75-plus passes, shattering his career high of 52, and A.J. Dillon has 10-plus rushing touchdowns. Reasoning. The Packers currently have the second most vacated targets in the league going into 2022. What is the most? The Chiefs? I believe it's Kansas City. Okay. I know it's a small sample size, but in weeks five through eight in 2019, when Devontae Adams was hurt for that month or so, Aaron Jones had 22 catches, 280 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. Aaron Rodgers targeted him heavily in that span, and I know it was a while ago and it was a small sample size, but like I said, they're void of talent at the wide receiver position. They have a ton of vacated targets, um, so I really think he could see very high usage in the passing game this year. That is uh, Aaron Jones. For A.J. Dillon, I'm kind of just betting on the talent and kind of his goal line prowess. Um, obviously, he's a very strong runner. And he had five rushing touchdowns last year. And I think you could see his usage go up a little bit more uh, in, in 2022. And David Bakhtiari is coming back for a full season, hopefully uh, health permitting. And he only played one game last year. So it's really going to help the offensive line. And I just think their running attack is going to be really good this year. And uh, I, you could say this is the best duo, best running back duo in the league, maybe Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But other than them, you'd be hard-pressed to find a, another more talented running back do, I guess, in the league, you could say. What do you think? Top 12 running backs, both Dylan and Jones. Um, I don't think that's too bold. I, I, I could definitely see that happening. The, um, I mean, their, their uh, receiving situation is crazy. Like, obviously, the thing for the past however many years like they, we've been, everyone's been saying they need a second receiver. Um, yeah, and that was with Devontae Adams. That was with Devontae Adams. So, right. I mean, you, you have to imagine that uh, with, with Adams gone, they're going to be 
they have to use the play, the personnel that they are familiar with. At least Rogers is um, a little more. And I like that take even more because in this situation where a team lacks receivers, can I think of one? Can't think on the top of my head. But you, like defenses are gonna have to scheme for that. Like if they have such a two solid running backs like that, so that makes you think that there's not. But they have a the be, reigning back-to-back MVP throwing the ball, so defense have it'll allocate the defense honest in that regard. So, I mean, regardless of who they throw out at receiver, the defense is gonna have to respect the talent of Rodgers and like what he could possibly do for the passing game. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't hate that take at all. Now it's top twelve, two top twelve running backs is tough. Yeah, I, I don't I'd have to do some research on that. I don't know how much like numbers you crunch if that like how possible that could be. Like ha- not, I don't know. When was the last time that's happened? Teammates being top two top running backs. Did the Browns have it in twenty twenty? Um maybe PPR, but I don't well no, didn't Chubb get Chubb got hurt for a lot of 2020, so no. But he still had like a thousand yards, though, I think. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's got to be real tough. Yeah. And that means they got to be like up in a lot of like game scripts, got to favor that too. That's got to help them out. Good. Which they're good they're team, still a good so. team. Yeah, they're a good team. So that could. Currently, uh, where, do you, where do you think that they're currently ranked in the in the redraft rankings as it stands on? April 26th. You have it up? I do. Half PPR. Um, I'll say Jones is running back eight. Dylan is running back 23. You're closer with Dylan than you are with Jones. Okay. Is Jones a little worse? Yes. Like running back 13. Running back 14 for Jones and 25 for Dylan. Okay. Okay. The names in front of Jones are Gibson, Fournette, Swift, Kamara, and Chubb. And who else? Can you keep going? Keep going up. Javante, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, CMC, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Javante Williams is ahead of Nick Chubb. Well, uh, Javante's eight, Chubb's nine. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Notable names around notable names around AJ Dillon. Uh twenty twenty-two is Elijah Mitchell. Twenty-three is Travis Etienne. Twenty-four, Damian Harris, twenty-five, AJ Dillon, twenty-six, Michael Carter, twenty-seven, Miles Sanders. Okay. Yeah, so I'm definitely projecting an uptick in rushing touchdowns for uh, AJ Dillon to to get into double digits there. I mean, yeah, he's got to get more touches. Like they got to give the ball to some, to someone, right? The, the receiver they draft, which they for the love of God, they got to draft a receiver first round, right? Yeah, they have two picks, so you'd have to think. Um, like where do you think he will be ranked? Whoever that is. I mean, it really depends who it is. Um. They somehow get like a Garrett Wilson. Probably, I'm just looking at the 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 other guys here. Maybe 
high to mid to high 20s. And you see the guys in that range. You got Jerry, Judy, Allen Robinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett. Something like okay. that. I'd probably take low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. I'd probably take whoever the Packers draft over all those guys. Okay. Probably. All right. Rate rate the uh, likeliness scale. Um. I'm going off the uh, other two I made. I'll give it in the same range as the as your last one, maybe a six. Six. Okay. Fair enough. Second fantasy related bold take: Elijah Moore is a top ten receiver in 2022 and has a stat line of 90 catches, 1100 yards, and 10 touchdowns. My reasoning, in weeks 8 through 13, he had 34 catches, 459 yards, and five touchdowns, and that's over a 16-game pace. Notice I, I knocked one game off just, just for the sake of it because most people don't play 17 games even though there's a 17-game season. So over a 16-game pace in that stretch, that extrapolates to 91 catches, 1,224 yards, and 13 touchdowns, which would put him at wide receiver five on the year. It's the year two in the offense for whatever that's worth. I know it's the Jets. I know they have Zach Wilson, who is very inconsistent in his rookie year. But regardless, he's another year of development in the league. And I'm um, just betting on the talent. I really like Elijah Moore. I liked him coming out in the draft process. I liked him in our rookie draft. I um, was hoping somehow I can get him. I, I did not. And ever since then, I've been trying to acquire him and uh, to no success. So um Elijah Moore top 10 receiver in 2022 and has 90 plus catches 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns thoughts um don't hate it I uh I feel like that is uh tough with Wilson and a little surprise I I know you don't like Wilson so I'm kind of surprised that you're going, I know you love Elijah Moore, so it kind of balances out. But I mean, if you don't like Wilson, that's tough to have a top 10, like for him to support a top 10 receiver. Um, granted, Jameson Crowder's gone. Did you mention that? I don't, you didn't mention that, right? I didn't, but you know, as you know, they've been, they were heavily linked to Tyreek Hill. They're heavily linked to Debo Samuel and trade talks, and they have been mocked consistently getting the receivers. So that would okay. definitely kill the uh, the bold take. Definitely put a huge damper on it. Yep. Uh, mention of the Packers game script favors that bad team can be thrown a lot. That's another thing to add. Um, I don't hate it because I do love Elijah Moore's talent as well. So, um. Yeah, 90 catches, 1,110, you said, or nine? 90 catches, 1,100 yards, and 10 touchdowns is where I, I had the stat line. Okay. I feel like the, the 10 touchdowns is tough, the toughest. Yeah, certainly. The yards and receptions could uh, could get there. But, yeah, the Jets scoring – receivers scoring 10 touchdowns, that – Right. You're right. That could definitely be the most difficult one to achieve. Like, I guess 
this is all contingent on like who they add, but like what? I'm, I'm looking at their wide receiver room. Let me look it up. Let's see. Because like I can think of what Denzel Mims, uh, Braxton Bra- Barrios they brought back. Corey Davis. Oh, Corey Elijah Davis Moore, is still there. Braxton Barrios. Denzel Don't they like Mims. hate Denzel Mims? Yeah, he's gotten off to a very rough first right. two years of his NFL career. Right. This team is so bad. Oh, they got CJ Uzama. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty it's rough. Pretty bad. Uh, where I don't know if I said it earlier when I was reading off the receiver rankings, uh, but where do you think Elijah Moore ranks? If I didn't say it already, he does. Um, I'll say. Is he like a wide receiver? Well, I was going to say like right in that range that you listed off those guys. So I won't say that. I don't know. He's like wide receiver, like 30, 29, 24. Oh, okay. So he was before that group you mentioned. Just before. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. We'll see. Um, hurt for a lot of last year uh, Beth, I think he missed at least the last five or six games if I'm not mistaken no last five games I think because that stretch I read was weeks three through sorry eight through 13 and I don't mm-hmm. think he played after that so uh, definitely struggled with some injuries in his rookie season but when he played and was on the field he was fantastic so we'll see if he can keep that up uh, did you rank you didn't rank the score yet what, what would you give that so far, you've done 2.5 for Aquanu, 7 for Derek Stingley, and uh, 6 for the Packers running backs. I'll give this another 6. Okay. Hmm. There you go. All right. Moving on to the final two takes, uh, regular season bold takes, we'll call them. Very first one, I think you already – know what it may be but i'm going to expand on it a little bit desmond ritter rookie of the year (laughs) no 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 no. Uh, but i've said this too and i think i even said it on a podcast but i'll expand on it a little bit here the las vegas raiders will win the afc west they get a top two seed in the afc and Derek carr goes for five thousand yards 35 touchdowns eight interceptions and is top three in mvp voting Reasoning. Say, say that stat line again. 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. I it, think, he had okay. 4,800 yards last year, and his career high in touchdowns is 32. If he has that stat line, he's winning MVP. Mm, I don't know. The reason why I didn't say he wins MVP is because I think Josh Allen could have a better stat line, and I think the Bills could get the one seed. That was my hesitation there. Okay. Reasoning, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but they acquired stud veterans and Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, and that will certainly help on both sides of the ball tremendously. Uh, And I just think just clearly Derek Carr and the Raiders battled so much adversity last year with John Gruden and Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the fact that they still made the playoffs, it just gained a lot of, 
my respect, your respect, and a lot of other people's respect. And pretty much everything went wrong for them to not make the playoffs last year. And they still prevailed. I just think so far in this offseason, everything has gone right. And I think it'll continue into the regular season. And they're going to have a very good um, and successful year. So, and it's tough. By no means like, is this a guarantee gun to my head. Like, oh, Raiders are definitely winning the AFC West because, I mean, come on. Like, that division is the most loaded division in NFL history. So, if anyone speaks with so much certainty about their AFC West predictions, then they're a fool. Uh, so, I'm not going to pretend like this is anywhere near a guarantee because it's 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 going to be bold. But, um. I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to go for it. And it, it, there was rumors yesterday about the, they're trading Darren Waller and they um, very adamantly shut that down. Derek Carr did and the organization did. If they traded Darren Waller, I mean, I would have to backtrack on that prediction. He's, he's part of what makes that offense great, you know, so I would have to probably backtrack, but they were very clear in keeping him and I'm glad they, it's a good move for them that they are. And, um, and yeah. So what do you think? I know it's it's tough, but um, you know, I I, I like the Raiders, and like I I don't hate this take, but what is making me a little skeptical is the new head coach. From on the top of my head, and maybe you could think of an example that would burn me here, but um. Like, it's tough to envision a first-year head coach having that much success. And for some reason, I feel like it's even more difficult, especially one that, like, it's not their first stint. Like, we, I have my doubts about what McDaniels is going to do. Like, we see what we saw what he did before. Um, now, if they kept Basaccia, I feel, for some reason, I just feel like that would, uh, that would bode for a better season. Just because it's a lot of turnover, like it's a they added those two new guys, Studs and Adams and Jandler Jones, um, and then they bring in a whole new coaching regime and it, with, with McDaniel's. So there's a there's a lot of turnover, and that is really tough organizationally to put it all together in year one. Um, I also think there's a well, I don't know, there's a few holes on defense. I think, but that's an aside. I mean, any every team pretty much has holes and they could overcome that, especially through the draft. But uh, yeah, I guess that'd be my, my biggest reservation about the, uh, about your take, but I don't hate it. I think like as we sit currently pre-draft, I wouldn't have them last in the vision, maybe even second. I think last, I don't know, but not the Raiders. I'm, I'm following, like I could be, I'm, probably gonna sound stupid for this but i the chiefs are falling falling down for me and um, um stock is my stock is low in the chiefs right now just because what i said about them losing tyreek hill granted they'll probably draft a speeder wide receiver and then maybe make up for it but um as we sit right in, and roster wise like the chiefs got a lot of holes in their defense i don't the these the chiefs defense isn't good <laughs> um 
like Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey's kept them in games and it's worked, but you know, they're missing one of those, they're three headed monsters. So I think the Raiders right now have sit with a better roster and probably like a better team than the, than the chiefs. And even the Broncos, I don't really trust shit, although I probably should. There's a lot of turnover. It's, it's, it's really tough. I guess if I'm like sticking with my take of uh, well, who has, do they have a coaching change? The Broncos. Yeah. They went from Vic Fangio. Right. They had a coaching change. I mean, I, I guess I'd put the Chiefs at the top of the division as we stand now, but man, I thought, said, I thought you were just about to put them at last. Did I say Chiefs? I meant Chargers. I meant to say Chargers. Okay. Right. I meant to say Chargers, and that sounds weird because the Chargers are one of those cursed teams. They always look great on paper, but they never really put it together. Um, really tough division to predict. Yeah. I I'm interested to see the odds on this division. Right now or at the end of the at the end of before right now. Three. I'll take a look right now. Unless you well, you probably don't have it up, but uh no, I want you to guess. Don't look. What the odds are or what the order is, or I'll try both, I guess. Jesus. Um the I they'll still have the Chiefs at the top, I think. I'm gonna do order first. Did, like guessing the odds are tough, but it's probably Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, if I had to guess. Am I correct? Yeah, Chargers and Broncos are tied for second, but yeah. Like, Chiefs. what are Chiefs like? Is it are the Chiefs plus money or minus? Plus. Like plus 150. Plus 160 for the Chiefs. And then the Char- next two, Chargers what? Chargers like and Broncos are tied for plus 250. Two, I was going to say 260, and then, like, Raiders are, what, like, plus 350? I don't know. Plus 600 for the Raiders. Oh, that's I feel like that's some value there, validated by your take. Um, Just, I'll, I, Sorry, we're really going on a tangent here away from the Raiders, but the Browns are the favorite to win the AFC North at plus 175. Well, yeah, that's that's the Watson effect, which I that's a bad bet. I mean, he's going to get drafted. Nope, he's gonna get he's gonna get what's the word suspended. <laughs> um, so he's gonna get drafted to the war and miss some games. So I back to your Raiders take. But not only win the division, second overall, and then like all that about Derek Carr and everything. Well, I think if if they win the division, this division it's it's too good. I feel like if you win it, you're gonna be the second seed. You I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, you, uh, I mean, record wise, they're going to beat each other up. That's just going to be a couple of losses there. I mean, I guess out of the division, they'll, they're better than our teams, so they'll win two games, but I wouldn't make it a lock. You're going to be a top two seed. You win the division. You probably are. I don't know. I'm going to say just because the division's so tough, I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean everything you said is a counterpoint with with Josh McDaniels and whatnot in the in the coaching turnover, completely valid. And going back to what you said, like I can think of first year head coaches that were great year one and turned their team around, but I I can't off the top of my head think of 
coaches in their second stint. Second stint, yeah. In their first year of their second stint, that turned around right away. Like first year head coaches that come to mind are what, like McVay? He's he turned around the Rams Matt in year Nagy one. He had a successful first year. Uh, yeah, he did. Right, but this is a coach we've seen before, so that's that's why I'm more skeptical. Right. It was a long time ago, though. It was like yeah. about 10 years ago. And, you know, he said success as a coordinator in the past decade. And he's still only, what, 46, I think. So, yeah. So I mean, there's still potential there. And I, I'm not ready to make a full assessment on him as a head coach yet. But we will see shortly. Last one. Here we go. The Detroit Lions will win. Eight games in 2022. Reasoning. Yep. <laughs> they were 313-1 last year. However, seven of their losses slash one tie were one possession losses. Historically, that trend is very, uh, it fluctuates a lot. They finished the year three and three. So they gained, they definitely were playing better football at the end of the year. Clearly, Dan Campbell is a leader of men. Um, love watching his interviews, love watching his locker room speeches and whatnot. Um, they have three picks in the top 34 of this year's draft. They already have a top 10 offensive line, I would argue. Um, they ranked 13th, I believe, by PFF at the conclusion of the 2021 season. And uh, Frank Ragno missed 13 games last year. So they'd be getting him back. And I'd, mm -hmm. I'd say they have a, a, a top 10 offensive line. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is as, as much of a liability as he's made out to be. Um, I, I don't think he's a above average quarterback, but, you know, I don't, I, you could do worse. Um, I just think this team's going to play a lot better football and I could definitely see, I'm not going crazy. I'm not saying they're going to have a winning year. I'm going to think there'll be maybe just under 500. I could see it happening. I think they're, they're going to be making a lot of positive strides in the right direction. Uh, similar to the dolphins team that was projected to be really bad in 2019 who lost, they were getting blown out by 50 points earlier in that year. And then they finished the year like something. I think they were like five and eleven. And then the next year they were they were on the verge of the playoffs in twenty twenty, right? They didn't make it. They missed at ten and six. Right. I'm not going to say the Lions are going eleven and six or ten and seven, but I think they're going to win over double, at least the amount of games they won last year. And I had it at eight. What do you think? Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, they were like I said, three thirteen and one, but. Played a lot of close games that could have gone either way. You know, think of that Justin Tucker record-breaking field goal. Um, that first Vikings game, I think they lost by two points. They tied the Steelers. There were a lot of games in there where they only lost by one score. Um, so what do you think they do at two? And I, I guess they don't. What, they don't spend their early second round pick, or no? They have, they have a they have two firsts. They have they have the thirty second pick, the Rams pick, and their own at two. And do they have they have their own second? Correct. Yeah, they have two thirty two and thirty four. So none of those on a quarterback. 
I mean, if you have them getting winning eight games, I'd imagine they're all those three picks are going to be impact players year one. I'm, I get, I, I guess, I'd guess that. Aiden Hutchinson at two. Okay. Keep them in Michigan. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I've, I've just had this vision that he's going to the Lions the whole draft process. I didn't know who the Jags were going to take, but I just thought Aiden Hutchinson's a Lion. That's just what I thought. It's an easy thought to have. I mean, it's just. Feel like it's home for him, so it makes sense. But I would prefer them not to get a receiver selfishly for my dynasty's sake of Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh-huh. Uh but I could definitely see them targeting a receiver like Sky Moore, or maybe if Traylon Burks gets down there to 32, I could definitely see them targeting one in that range. Mm-hmm. Um and then I don't know, just going best player available, maybe reinforcing an already solid offensive line or you know, maybe getting a linebacker to shore up the run defense, which was pretty bad last year and is has been for a while. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You're muted. Yeah, I feel like they should go uh, playmakers on the defensive side. Like, I can't really think of many on top of my head. Like, um, what? Whatever happened to Okuda? Do you know? Um, like, I, I feel like he, he struggled or was injured maybe his rookie season. I haven't really heard much about him. I just feel like they don't have many playmakers on, on the defensive side of the ball. I know they, they spent early for their offense, defensive line. They spent a bunch of early picks. Their second and third round pick last year on, like, interior defensive linemen, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I was correct on that. Okuda has only started in seven games and appeared in 10 in the, in the first, in his first two years. Mm. He's only, yeah, he's definitely, uh, struggled with injuries. Yeah. I'm just, I'm scanning. They, they need some better defensive players. Like you read through this roster. It's just not that great defensively. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Aiden Hutchinson can have a, Nick Bosa type of impact rookie year. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're going to, I, yeah, I would probably go defense with one of their two, either 32 or 34. I'd go defense at least with one of those picks. Right. Possibly, yeah. I, possibly there, all three. There are some, uh, they got DJ Chark. Yeah. They have DJ Chark. I, Okay. I didn't even I missed that that. one, huh? Missed that, yeah. Um, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Amon Saint Brown. That's not like that's not great yet, I guess you could say. But I think beast man. No, he's he. I I like him too. But um, like I don't. That's not a uh, like a top wide receiver trio, you could say. But I think that's good enough that they're not gonna address it with their with three first three picks they have. I've seen. If I were I've definitely seen a lot of position. Mocks, though, with them getting a receiver at thirty-two. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I, if I were in the position, I feel like that's good enough that, uh, especially when you got Hawkins. Josh, Josh Reynolds isn't that good though. That's the thing. Like I, I guess, but uh, I don't know. Quintez Cephas isn't great, but he's a name, you know. But DJ Chark has potential, like great potential. I, I, in my opinion, and I'm on our same Brown as well. So. And Swift catches balls. Jamal Williams catches balls. And they got Hawkinson, who's like a top, whatever, four tight end, you could say. Like, I, they have enough pass catchers. I don't think they should address it with their early picks. So, 
With that first three picks, I'd say two of them on the defensive side, one being an end, either Hutchinson or like Walker, with uh, that for their first, second pick overall. Um, and then with 32 and 34, I'd probably maybe even both on like linebacker and safety or corner just to like get all phases of the defense or, you know, never hurts to uh, add to the offensive line. But regardless, talking through it, like, I don't, I don't think your take it. Like I could see that I could see a way that could happen. Um, Look at their division. Um, I mean, there were, I mean, I kind of, put like eight or like i was thinking can they get the 500 i'm like i don't know let's let's just go eight just to be safe that's just bold enough that's bold enough yeah um, to improve by what how many wins five five wins. yeah and then i was just like listening out all the reasons like there's actually a lot of reasons why this team could be a lot better like if you really look at all those one possession losses their games were so close last year um and i i just i don't see them going three seven and one in one possession games again i think that'll even out to I don't know. Like it's that that's that historically fluctuates. So I think that could definitely balance out. And maybe I'm just blinded by Dan Campbell. I I love him, man. He's just such a inspiring person. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, they play the Bears twice. (laughs) Wow, breaking news: the Lions play the Bears twice. I'm just starting off with that. They play the Bears twice. They play the Eagles, who I still don't think is very good, to be honest. Eagles did um, beat them 44 to 6 last year, though. All right. All right. Just forget the Eagles, I guess. Um, the Giants, they play. That's a win. Jets. Win. Panthers. Probably a win. Jaguars. That's a win, man. Seahawks. Seahawks aren't good. They're <laughs> not the Seahawks really anymore. Bad. Yeah. Like, that's one. I listed one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven Bears twice. That's seven bad teams they play. And like, who knows? They could steal. I could. I could see them stealing one against the Vikings. Maybe even the Packers. I don't know. Yeah, eight wins. I could see it. Let's bet it. They have the fifth easiest schedule in terms of strength of schedule. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, their opponents were. Win percentage last year was 467. So that ranks as the uh, fifth easiest schedule in the league. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going over on that window. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's out. You can probably find it somewhere. What the actual uh, win total is. But let's see. Team, spe- where would that be under? Team futures, right? Yeah. Regular season wins. Here we go. Uh, what do you think it's at? Um, five and a half or six? Six. Okay. I like it. I think. Yeah, good. I do too. Now. I think at worst they push. I've talked myself right. I talked myself into this now that I, I think this is your least bold take or like the one I like the most. Okay. I'll give it a nine. Wow. There you go. All right, let's do it. Detroit Lions, I'm all in, baby. That's the thing, though. Like, I I don't know. I like Justin Fields still. So, like, if I had to predict this division, who am I putting last? Am I putting the Lions at eight and nine at last? 
The, the division's not that good. You got to put like, the Bears. Like you got to put the teams. Bears. I know, because I talked you into liking the Vikings now, and then we, what, you, you, Packers got two top 12 running backs. Yeah. <laughs> you can't like everyone. Yeah, all the wins in the league are to come from the NFC North and the AFC West this year. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it, folks. Uh, if you uh, want to drop some bold takes your own on our Instagram post, feel free to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's April. We're not going to hold you to any of these takes. So just, just throw out there. And if it happens, then you could say, hey, I, I called this in April. So I, I feel like this is a high, high reward, low risk uh, proclamation here that we're putting out there. Just, just yeah. give your opinion. Who cares? Sure. Um, all right. Well, enjoy the draft, everyone. I uh, hope you, your team gets who you want. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of twists and turns along the way and a lot of smoke screens, a lot of drama, a lot of intrigue. It's like Christmas. I can't wait. I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I get what you mean in the enjoyment. Like you, you said a lot of drama, smoke screens, and intrigue. I wouldn't associate that with Christmas. Oh, that's but Christmas. yes, with the enjoyment factor, then yes, yes, I, I agree. That's Christmas, baby. Yeah. All right. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogland Podcast and TikTok at Hogland Podcast. We will catch you next week with another episode. Um, take care. Have a good week. See ya.